man. Watch out, Doc. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Do you have questions or need advice for all the aches and pains in your life? We're here to help. This is Doc Talk with Hans Olsen, presented by University of Utah Health on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Doctor, give me the news. That is absolutely right. We are here to help. That's exactly what Doc Talk is all about. And I hope you take advantage of it by calling in 855 340 9663 and it's first come first serve here so if you're out there and you've got an injury you've been dealing with something it's been nagging you maybe you've got a kid that's out on a baseball diamond or maybe you got a kid that's in a volleyball court and has a muscle that's strained out or a joint that's aching or a, it's something isn't working maybe you've been in a car accident you've got some whiplash you've got something going on with your shoulders or your arms this is the time to call We love helping out athletes, too. Maybe you're a long-distance runner, a bicycler. You've got problems with your feet, your ankles, or your knees. Well, this is the time to call 855-340-9663. I love Doc Talk. You know, this is an opportunity for me to come on air and bring on one of our amazing board-certified physicians from University of Utah Health, and they have brought out the cream of the crop for today. Dr. Peter Chalmers hanging out with us. Dr. Chalmers, how are you? Doing great. How are you? Oh, man, you sound great. It sounds like you're in studio with me. Can you hear me great? I wish I was, to be honest, but this is fun, too, I guess. Yeah, I I wish uh, this is probably how you're diagnosing a lot of your injuries out there now, right? I mean, you're kind of doing it through video and over audio. We're doing a lot of virtual clinic, and I got to tell you, it's been a huge. So I, I was a little bit nervous at first. It's way more convenient for patients. And uh, I mean, you could do clinic, you could come have a clinic visit from your home. I have people call me from their car. I have people call me from work. They say, oh yeah, I'm just gonna take a five minute break from work. I'm gonna go see my doctor. It's way more convenient for people. I think it's here to stay, to be honest. I was wondering if it was gonna become a little more cumbersome for physicians because now you become much more available. And if I've got something wrong, I know I can call Dr. Chalmers at midnight. Well, you're, we don't have clinic at midnight. Um, I the the thing the thing that's nice about it though is I feel good about them. I think it's a good thing to do for right now for social distancing, but it's a good thing to do for our environment, and most importantly, it's patient centered. It's it's convenient for people. It it comes to you instead of you having to drive to the doctor and wait in the waiting room and especially expose yourself to whoever else in the waiting room. So I, it's better, but it's uh, it's a challenge. It's requiring new new techniques for us to figure out how to figure out what's wrong virtually. It's Dr. Peter Chalmers with University of Utah Health, uh, one of the best here on Doc Talk. If you want to jump on and ask uh, Dr. Chalmers a question, 855-340-9663. Those are the numbers to call. And again, first come, first serve. If you've got a question out there, we'd love to take it at 855 340 9663. I've got two things that I need to get into uh, with you, Dr. Chalmers. Number one, I'd like to start with kind of the the boost and influx that we've seen in COVID over the last, I don't know, five, maybe six days. It seems like there's been kind of a boost. How nervous are you about this jump that we're seeing? I mean, I, I, I think I'm nervous. I think we're all nervous. One of the things that's been really nice is that, um, you know, our state has done such a great job of monitoring it. 
And I think what we're seeing is a little bit of a bump in cases and maybe a, a linear rise, but we're not seeing an exponential rise like they saw in New York City. Um, so I think that I think what's happening, to be honest, is that we're not doing as good of a job with social distancing, especially since Memorial Day, as maybe we were doing before. Um, but that it's not like it's all the whole thing's falling apart. So we're, I think we need to carefully monitor. But yeah, I mean, the cases are going up for sure. But I've noticed that um, that hospitalizations and deaths aren't following the trend. It doesn't seem like it's a massive explosion and increase in those two areas. Yeah, that's definitely true. So one of the things that's been um, really nice to see is we've not seen an explosion of cases here at the University of Utah. We're seeing, um, we have, I think, about 30 patients in the hospital right now. We had been worried that the hospital was going to be overrun. And the same thing with deaths. The deaths lag the cases a little bit. So those, unfortunately, probably will bump, um, give it another two, three weeks. But um but I don't think we're going to see a huge spike like they saw in New York because I think that we're just in a different place here. Are are we all? Should we all still be wearing our masks? I mean, we're wearing them in here in the in the uh, arena, and we're really careful when we go to the hospital. I mean, or, or sorry, when we go to the grocery store, we're trying to do all those things. Um, is that still the right thing to be doing? Look, I I think the evidence behind masks is unambiguous that masks really do decrease. Uh, the rate of transmission, they are, look, there's no doubt about it. Wearing a mask is not fun. Um, and um, it's hard to breathe through. And especially for people that might have some trouble breathing, they may say, God, I'm not really sure this is worth it. This is miserable. But if you can, if you can bear through it, it's definitely to everyone's benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, keep, keep at it. And um, I think that that's going to, that's going to really help us to get through this. Man, we live in a good state, don't we, Doctor Chalmers? Uh, I'm so glad we live here. Yeah, with amazing health care, and and I just I'm so grateful to work with the University of Utah Health and and get the physicians on and have a chance to talk to you guys because I, you know, it, it's funny because we've been dealing with this for so long. Uh, the the love and respect and passion for our front care workers has kind of gone down. It's like, oh no, we just expect them to do what they do, but they're still out there putting themselves on the line every single day. And I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for you and, and all of our healthcare providers. Well, I think I'm, I've just been fortunate to be part of a great university here uh, at uh, University of Utah. And um, I think we're just going to keep working to do everything we can to get, get through this difficult time. Dr. Chalmers, I'm going to save my other question for a little bit later in the show. We've got a few callers that uh, want to jump on and ask you a couple of questions. Um, so if you don't, if you don't mind, do you mind if we jump out, start with the callers? Sounds great. All right. First up with Dr. Peter Chalmers, it's Carson. Go ahead with your question, Carson. Hey, how you guys doing? Very good. How are you? Good. Um, good. So I have just a quick question about my ankle. When I was in high school, I sprained it pretty good playing soccer. Um, and it, it healed fine without any pain, but I've had this ongoing, if I flex my toes up, the tendon that wraps around the ball of my ankle, it pops doesn't hurt just pops and it's fairly not loud but you could you know my wife can hear it when i'm popping it and i was just curious i've gone to a doctor to talk about it he said well if it doesn't hurt don't fix it but i was curious your input when you say the ball of your ankle you're talking about the the ball on the outside of your ankle or the ball on the inside of your ankle the the outside the outside okay yeah so there's these tendons that help to flex your 
your foot down. They're called the perineal tendons. They're actually really important for stabilizing your feet on unstable ground. Um, and it sounds like an injury to your ankle, you may have ruptured the, the, the connective tissue that holds those tendons in place. There's a couple of things about this that are, um, that are the good thing about this is you don't, you're not under no obligation to do anything. So if you were to say, okay. you know, it's not bothering me, I'm just making sure that I'm not doing any damage. It's, it's okay. It's okay to watch it, but there's a little bit of a risk here that I want to make sure you, you know about. And, and that is okay. this, when those tendons pop back and forth over and over and over again, it's, it, uh, it, it can damage those tendons. And there, there is a, um, always a, a very small risk that you could rupture one of them. And a rupture of one of those tendons is actually a big problem. It's very debilitating to your, um, to function of your, of your foot and ankle. So if they are popping loudly, like, and it's getting worse, that, that is something that you should get looked at to say, Hey, is there something we should do to stabilize these tendons to prevent them from one day rupturing? Okay. Yeah, because the doctor that I talked to, he just said, yeah, one day it will flip around to the front of your ankle and then you'll get surgery on it. But I didn't totally love that answer. So, Yeah, I don't, I don't love that answer either. Those, those tendons are for sure supposed to go around the back, not the front. Okay, well, thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks for the call, Carson. So I, I guess I'm having a hard time picturing what's happening here, Doctor Chalmers. He's got this is these are tendons that run on the on the outside of the the foot or the ankle that go on the back side of the ankle off the on the outside, and they're they're rolling over the top of the ankle. Yeah, so they're called they basically are, you, you know that bump on the outside of your ankle. Yeah, they use that bump called what's like a trochlea they're using that bump kind of like as a turn they they go down and then they turn around that bump oh. and then that means that when that muscle flexes up in your calf it causes that end of your foot to kind of come down hmm. and what's happening with uh with our collar is that right now instead of the, the those tendons going around that bump when he flexes that muscle, they pop out to the side and then they don't, they don't do that work to flex down nearly as effectively, but more importantly, that's not a, that's there, there, there is, um, that's not a perfectly smooth surface there. And you can with extensive, extensive rubbing back and forth there end up with, as I mentioned, issues where it can, um, it can rupture those tendons. That's uncommon, but it's somewhat worrisome. And that's what I was going to say. What are the chances? Yeah. Uh, uncommon. Okay. Uncommon. Thanks for the call, Carson. That's how it's done. 855-340-9663 to jump on Doc Talk with Dr. Peter Chalmers. Back out to the phone lines. Rob, you are up next with Dr. Chalmers. Go ahead. How are you doing today? Very good. So I'm an avid runner. I play ultimate frisbees on like uh, Tuesday nights with my buddy. It's almost like a league of uh, trail run. And I was playing last week, and it's, I thought it was a high ankle sprain right there just before where the foot and the ankle kind of joins where the shin is. And then it moved up my shin, so I figure it's probably a shin splint. So I'm just trying to get back on the trails and run. What's the best way to treat that? Um. Can I, so can I ask you a couple more questions? You're saying it's a, you feel like it's a high ankle sprain slash synth splint. Where, like how far down your shin is it? It's probably just above the, 
I don't know, like I guess you could almost call a pit of the, the front of the foot where it kind of curves, and then probably about two inches above that, so it's more on the shin, for sure. So when it first happened, it felt like a ankle, like a high ankle sprain, and then it kind of moved up my shin. And how long has been going on for now? Uh, about a week, week and a half. And did you feel like you said you felt like there was a pop or something when it first happened? No pop. It just started hurting. So. Just started hurting, and you say you're an avid runner. How 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 many miles would you say you put on it? Uh, weekly, I try to average five uh, every three days, or not every three, every other day, about fifteen miles. Fifty, so and, uh, fifteen twenty miles a week, something like that. Yep. Hey, uh, Rob, is is the pain? If I if I were to run my hand kind of down my right shin, is it like towards my pinky or towards my thumb? Is it on the kind of the inside, like on the the kind of the sharp edge of the shin or on the outside? Uh, it would be more on the inside. I'm doing it right now. Because that's, right, a, that's uh, and, and Dr. Chalmers, that's kind of more the shin splint is on the inside, right? And the high sprain is kind of more on the outside, or am I mistaken on that? No, I, I, I think what you're saying is accurate. Look, I, um, I, I think that it probably is a shin splint, and that's, um, to be frank, something you can really safely ch- train through and be totally fine. But there okay. is, um, there, there actually is something else that it could be here that's uh, not a good thing, mm-hmm. which is that there's the potential that it could be a stress fracture. So when I I was running on Tuesday and it almost felt like something vibrating a little bit. Is yeah. There... So I, in that in Does that, that area, I actually would uh-huh. get an X-ray. Okay. Uh, uh, is 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 there, uh, Doctor Chalmers? Is there a way? Is a, is a shin splint less localized and a, a, a stress fact fracture more localized if you push on it, or is that not a tail sign? Uh, that is true. The uh, stress fracture tends to be more like, oh, it's right here. When you push on that exact spot, it's really tender. And a stress fracture is a little more common to hurt with kind of every step. It's less common that, oh, it only hurts when I'm at mile six or seven. Yeah, um, what was interesting when it happened is, like I said, it, it was lower on the – you know, on the shin, almost the, the right. front part of it. And then as the, by Tuesday is when it started, by Thursday it was moved up all the way up the shin, it felt like. It doesn't sound like a high ankle sprain, to be honest. It could be. Oh, yeah. And I, I've had stuff where, like, I've had ATF tenant repair completely on that left ankle, too. Hmm. I've been through okay. stuff like that. So pretty active being um, 42, just bodies catching up. <laughs> so. Right, right. Anyway, we'll keep at it. Don't give up, my friend. So just to well, just try to run through it, see how it feels. I've been icing the ibuprofen. That's basically what I've been doing right now for treatment, and then walking a I little just, bit to keep my fitness up for the week. So I worry a little bit about calling it a shin splint. Shin splints are just uh, so everyone knows. Shin splints are way more common when you're trying to get into shape. So like if you were yeah. to say, I've just been getting back into it. I was out of shape, and now all of a sudden I'm getting this pain. That's almost always a shin well, splint. Like worse shape. Well, I was gonna say it worries me because I'm a big guy. I'm about six six in shoes, about two seventy. Mm. Mm. And I mean, I mm. would say I'm in shape because I can outrun most people like playing frisbee or jogging. But mm. still, a big guy. So yeah, a lot of pressure I, on. I might get an X-ray. Yeah. So. Okay. Uh, well, I, the other thing you could try is new shoes. New shoes can make a huge difference in how much stress there is on 
kind of the small muscles of your calf for control of your foot when you're running. That's the, you make, if you're like, I yeah. Oh, so sorry. This is where I wanted to ask you. So I went trail running because it's feeling better on Saturday. It felt pretty good then. And I have zero drop trail running shoes. And then yeah. I put my cleats on to play frisbee because it's on grass, ultimate. And that's when it started hurting again. So I don't know if the, the cleats were can be right so now. So that sounds, but, yeah, that sounds way more like a little muscular strain that I bet you could fix with, with shoe wear. Hmm. And it sounds way less like a stress fracture. I, I was going to joke because I, I have some, not bad, but some lower back issues. So I, I have a lot of shoes I rotate through just because of pressure points and backs and stuff with different pressure points. I've learned that. So to have that's good. Yeah. Rotate through. So not a lot of people know that like shoes where rotating your shoes every day helps with pressure points on your back. So anyways. Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, actually shoes are a hugely important part as a, as like a distance runner of maintaining your fitness. Yep. Yeah, it kind of sucks. I got up there just getting with this COVID. That's what I got into is trail running. I was just more street running the past couple of years and I got back into trail running, bought new shoes, and this happened. So. <laughs> well, trail running it's, it's a hugely fun thing to do in, uh, you know, where we live, and it's a um, it's good for your fitness, but, yeah, you got to be careful. Yep. Well, thanks, guys. I will be careful, and you guys have a good day. Awesome. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate Take care. It. Uh, Jeff, we'll get out to you in just one second. Uh, I just want to go a little bit further into this. With the shin splints, Dr. Chalmers, are they typically that low, or do they more kind of range in the middle of the shin on the inside of the shin? Uh, it's more mid-shin. Yeah. Where, where he's compl- where he said he has pain is a little bit low for shin splints. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, and, uh, but I, what, the way you describe it is totally accurate. Hmm. So hopefully he can get that figured out, uh, switch that up a little bit, and, and keep ice. I hope so. I mean, that is a big boy, 6'6", 270, and putting 15 miles. Did he say 15? Was it 15 miles a week, wasn't it? It's 15 to 20 miles. That's, so he's definitely in the Clydesdale class. Yeah, that's a, that's a big boy and a lot of miles. Good luck, Rob. Yeah, yeah. You keep running, yeah. man. All right, Jeff, you are up next with Dr. Chalmers. Go ahead with your question. Yeah, nice thing on the Clydesdale there. That was good. <laughs> uh, I have a, uh, I, I thought it was a, my, I had a carpal tunnel surgery a couple of years ago, and I've been having a stabbing pain in my muscle, so I went back to that surgeon about it, and it turned out after he took an x-ray to be the wrist bones, um, hmm. particularly the uh, through the thumb, and the uh, the cartilage is worn out. And huh. so we just suggest he uh, he just told me that in a while it'll be uh, maybe some surgery or whatnot. And I was kind of surprised by that. I thought the, the the pain in that muscle was a lot like the pain from the carpal tunnel surgery. Interesting. But, uh, now 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 I'm noticing some other. You know now I realize that that is the the area that the problem is. So. The, do those bones end up fusing together like other areas of the, like in your spine and stuff? Or, or will they, and I can tough it out, or will this really end up being needing a surgery? And then uh, I just need your opinion on how long that surgery, what the recovery would be from that. Um, I'll tell you, this is actually a kind of hard one without seeing the x-ray the um wrist arthritis is a um it it is different from 
um, the, fr from the spine where you could just develop more bone spurs and then you just get less motion. Um, your wrist, right. you rely on wrist motion to do things you, to do a thousand things you don't even think about. Like even to be able to put your hand in your pocket, you need to have a lot of motion in your wrist. So it's, um, yeah. there are a couple of different places you can have worn out cartilage in the wrist and depending on exactly where it is, then the, the treatment can be very different. The, um, the, the surgery that's done for it is very dependent on which of those areas is worn out and has somewhat different outcomes, um, depending the, um, yes. the, um, I can't remember the particular name of the bone, but you could clearly yeah. tell from the other bones that the cartilage wasn't there. And then, okay. uh, and so then what he, what he said is that they would, what the surgery would do is take off, you know, an amount of one of the bones hmm. so that they weren't rubbing on each other. And I'm just wondering if that's hmm. a good way to go, if I'm stuck with it that way or, you know. Yeah, that, that, um, that, that can really work, that approach. Um, we do that. There's a, a couple of different places in the body where, removing some bones so there's less rubbing can be really successful and the the wrist is one of those places but it has to be in the right setting so to speak so you have to kind of it, again it's hard for me to tell you will that work over the phone um, right. but I, it sounds like you've found a doctor that really helped you with the carpal tunnel and who knows what he's doing and um, I, I, I wouldn't want to tell you that he's giving you bad advice yeah. uh, no it's it's just that, that was that pain I was having was the same as the carpal tunnel, so that's why I went back to you know I just went back right. to him to see about it, and then we discovered then this is what we discovered. So right, so and then it was that it was pretty clear on the bone top on the on the one part there, but uh, and then he did say the cut recovery would be you know some time mm. or something like that. So, right. And then I just figured, you know, I was kind of in shock and I wasn't able to remember all the questions I came up with later. And so you guys are great. Man, that's awesome. On this show. Yeah. So, this, the, the, the last it. thing you, you said is, is so true. So, you know, going to the doctor, it's such a, it's a nerve wracking experience. You know, you right. feel, when you go to the doctor, you feel very much like I'm not in, you know, this is not my place. I'm not in control. You worry the doctor could tell you right. something that could have so many implications for the rest of your life. So I definitely tell people, if you're going to go to the, the doctor, the, the best way to do it is number one, go with someone else, have someone else with you. Who's can be a, a you know, a relatively impassioned third party. Cause, cause they'll listen and they'll remember things. The doctor said that you, that you, you'll have trouble remembering because it's such a, it's such a disorganizing and such a, um, you know, yeah. it's such an experience that makes people so stressed out. And the other thing to do is, whenever you go to the doctor, try and write down, okay, I had these six questions, write them down. Cause otherwise it's <laughs> the first thing that'll happen is you get the doctor and you'll forget them all the time. People come to see and they're like, doctor, I had this question and I can't remember what it was. So we try and I, I actually write in our, in our instructions before your clinic. If you have clinic visit, if you have questions, please write them down so we can make sure we get them answered. Cause otherwise you might forget. All right. Well, listening to the show, I get uh, answers on other areas of my body pretty fairly and, <laughs> okay. and, and, and all that. So what, one thing that's odd about this is it, it's not like all, uh, you know, I'm a tile setter. I think I've worn it out because I lean on that left hand a lot. Mm. Mm, okay. 
and uh, and uh, I'm 60 years old, and so I'm, you know, things a lot of cartilages are worn out. But um, and uh, but it it doesn't bother. I'm a golfer, and it doesn't bother me really. It it's weird. It's like reaching, you know, it's driving, and I've got that hand around the steering wheel, and it's kind of like reaching for the phone, small little things like that, and and it just would be a shooting pain in that. But no, but never with golfing. Well, now it's it's more of a dull ache that's starting to happen with that. But no, I would never have those that sharp pain. And actually, that that sharp pain has kind of subsided a lot. So uh, probably my guess is that what I've done is rubbed or rubbed whatever nerve or whatever pain in that area that it was causing it to do that. It's not that much, but yes, it was. It's really odd. It's just been small motions like. Uh, mainly reaching out with that left hand. Dr. Chalmers, could you just write him a prescription for golfing and just have him golf daily most of the time? That's my recommendation. (laughs) That's your only cure. I'm sorry. You only really have one option here. Uh, I I hate to tell you this, but you're going to have to golf the rest of your life. <laughs> well, now that's what's worrying me, and that this might inhibit that. So. Yeah, I hope. <laughs> yeah, that. but no. The good news is, wrist problems yeah, well. usually cause problems with, with big problems with golf, but they you just have to see how it goes. Yeah, you'd think it would, but anyway. All right, hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate Jeff, your show. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Thanks for the call, man. We really do appreciate it. 855-340-9663. we got some open phone lines for you. 855-340-9663. What's bugging you? We've had some shin. We've had some ankle issues. We had a wrist problem. What's what's your problem? And are you out there actively engaged in weightlifting, running, biking, swimming? Is something nagging you? Do you have some type of issue from a, a long-lasting injury? Call us, Dr. Peter Chalmers, hanging out here on Doc Talk. Brought to you by University of Utah Health on 97.5, 12-8 of the zone. They call me You're listening to Doc Talk, presented by University of Utah Health on 975-1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Welcome back to Doc Talk, 975-1280 The Zone. Give us a call, 855-340-9663 to jump on the phone line with Dr. Peter Chalmers. Some great questions coming in from our listeners, and we really do appreciate it. Again, 855 340 9663 to jump on the phone line with us. And uh, before we jump out back out to the phone lines, I, I do want to mention just a couple of points. Uh, number one, Dr. Chalmers, I'd like to reference and, and mention and talk about the open clinic and how that's progressing. I know that the open injury clinic has moved to a Monday through Thursday, 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. hour, and then Friday extended hours. 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. And if you haven't heard us talking about the injury clinic, this is an opportunity. If if you got an acute injury, if you know you've had something happen to you and you need some help with it, and, and maybe you can't wait a week or two weeks to be seen by a specialist, this is a walk-in clinic where you get seen 
by the top-end professionals like Dr. Chalmers and others that are taking care of the jazz players, that are taking care of the Bees and Stars players and the University of Utah gymnasts and basketball players. These are the best of the best here at this clinic. Again, Monday through Thursday, 4 p.m. to 8 p.m., Friday, 12 p.m. to 6 p.m., and the walk-in is right there at the corner of Wakar Way off Foothill Drive. So please, if you have an issue, remember those hours, remember those days, and just walk in. No appointment needed, and we'll get you seen. Dr. Chalmers, you ready to jump back out to the phone lines? Let's do it. All right, Gordon, you're up next with Dr. Chalmers. Go ahead, Gordon. Hi. Couple questions. So I've had carpal tunnel surgery. Okay, I've been in construction my entire life, and I've had carpal tunnel surgery on both hands, but they still feel just like they did when they went through. I can't cross my fingers. I I can't grip hardly anymore, and I'm 59 years old. But my biggest concern is my feet. My feet almost like my heel and my big toes and stuff feel like they're on fire all the time and almost like they're dead and swollen. What can I do or what should I do? Um, can I can I ask you a couple of questions? The, sure. You say you can't cross your fingers over. Do you have numbness in your hand too? Yes. When I drive and, and do that kind of stuff and it's just – when I sleep, you know, when I first had the carpal tunnel done and how your hands get so painful, and that's yeah. just the same way they are anymore. And if I try and cross my, you know, my fingers, I can reach my fingernails and that's it. Hmm. Um, do you feel like um, the numbness you have, do you have numbness in your small and ring fingers too? No, my okay. thumb and the first three. Well, got it, four. got it. No, just not my pinkies. Just not your pinky. Okay, okay. Right. Um, and do you have diabetes? No. Okay. I've been checked for it a bunch of times. That's good news. That's a terrible disease. I'm really glad to hear you don't have it. The um, <laughs> the um, I'll tell you that um. It's, I mean, it sounds that the, the symptoms you're, you're talking about in your feet sound like what's called a neuropathy, which is essentially right. nerve damage in your feet that causes this kind of burning feeling. And almost sometimes say that it, people say it feels like I'm running on hot coals all the time. Um, it's especially it does, bad it at does night. On my hill, it, it does like on the heel of my foot and like on the, the ball of my big toe. Hmm. So that maybe I'm onto something there. Um, and I've tried art supports. I've tried everything because I have a really high arch, but I've tried all of that and, and nothing seems to work. And um, do you, so that what, what I'm trying to say is that might be a, the, the problem in your hands may be related to the problem in your feet because it may be that both of them are due to a more systemic nerve kind of issue. The reason why that matters is because that that's addressed by a different kind of doctor. So if you go see a hand doctor, he may say, well, you had a carpal tunnel surgery and that's all that we can do. You may want to see a right. nerve doctor, um, like right. a, what's called a neurologist. And right. those ner the nice thing about a nerve doctor is that they can look for more, you know, 
kind of all over the body kinds of causes for nerve problems and um, right. get you a better idea of what's causing that. And there are a bunch of them, and a lot of them are really treatable. Like, for instance, some of them are caused by vitamin issues. Um, okay. And um, other of them are, other them, sometimes they don't find a cause, but oftentimes they find a cause that there, uh, a lot of them are things they can fix. So that's probably the next thing I would do is talk to a neurologist and say, I'm worried I have a neuropathy. You know, is there a, um, a, a way that we can look into that? Okay. If it's in both feet and both right. hands, despite a carpal tunnel surgery. Right. And it is, it's it, like I said, it's, it's, it's both feet and it's both hands and it, it drives me insane. And I know I've been like a horse that's been rode hard and put away wet because I've been in construction my whole life, but mm. okay. it's only been like the last two years and it's kind of crazy. So, um, okay. Well, um, I'm sorry to hear that you're struggling. Um, hopefully we can help th with this to get you pointed in the right direction. You want to see a nerve doctor, I think a neurologist. Hmm. Perfect. I appreciate your input Doctor, so much. Thank, thanks for the call, Gordon. Dr. Chalmers, how, how concerning as you hear it and kind of walk through it and think about what, what he's, what, what he's got in front of him, how, how nervous does that make you for him? Oh, it's not necessarily anything bad. Okay. Um, so I don't want you to, that doesn't, the good news is it's that, that those are not like the, symptoms you would get before Lou Gehrig's disease or some, okay. some terrible, awful nerve disease like that. But it's definitely something that should be looked into. And, uh, mostly because a lot, there's a lot that can be done for those. Um, there are unfortunately sometimes times where you have that neuropathy and the neurologist looks into it and there ends up not being anything they can do. And that's a bad situation because it's people have neuropathy. It's really uncomfortable. Um, people, people with it tend to be pretty unhappy. And I, I, uh, I feel bad for those people. You're listening to Dr. Peter Chalmers here on Doc Talk. 855-340-9663 to jump on the phone lines with us. If you've got a question about your health and maybe there's something that you can't figure out that's going on with your body, the number again, 855-340-9663. And if this is your first time listening to Doc Talk, it really is just me jumping on air with one of our finest board certified physicians from University of Utah Health. And, you know, we've got, we kind of run the gamut. We've got orthopedic surgeons and we've got specialists that are on shoulders and elbows or knees and ankles and some of the best physicians in the state of Utah that jump on with us and basically field your questions and see if we can help you figure out what's going on with your health. 855 to jump on Doc Talk with us. And you heard me talking about the open clinic. I just want to remind you that this is an amazing opportunity for you to walk in and be seen by these great physicians. And again, it's just off the uh, corner of Wakar Way and Foothill Drive. Those dates, Monday through Thursday, 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. And Friday, 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. And if you've got uh, more questions or maybe you want to see if you can find one of these top-end physicians, go to sportsmed.uofuhealth.org. Jump back out to the phone lines and go to Eric. Eric, you are up next with Dr. Chalmers. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Hey, I got a question for you. It's kind of stumping me a little bit. Yeah. Um, this, this started maybe a month, maybe two months ago, but uh, I'm 41 years old and 
and all of a sudden every night when I go to bed, um, when I wake up, all of my knuckles are really stiff and to the point where I can't even really squeeze the toothpaste in the morning until um, until I've been up for an hour or so. And and uh, I, I mentioned it to my doctor when it was just starting, and he did a, a blood test for the rheumatoid, and it came back negative. So I'm I'm a little bit stumped on what I should be thinking about that. Say that again. So all, all your fingers, all the knuckles in both hands are stiff when you wake up yeah, in I mean, the morning. Yeah, I mean some are worse worse than others, but so yeah, it's both hands and and uh, yeah, I wake up and there I can't even close my fist and they just feel swollen and they loosen up um, as the day goes along, but they never they always feel a little stiff now. But I've never had this before until a month or two ago. And do you um do you ever have symptoms where the fingers like lock or catch? Um, well, I, they've never locked, but when they're stiff like that, I can, I can, when I bend it, they like, uh, it feels like it's flipping over something <laughs> on, on some of them, especially my you do, you do feel like sometimes it feels like it's flipping back and forth. Yeah. <sighs> so it's, and it's a lot, you said it's substantially worse in some knuckles than others. Yeah. Okay. But, it's what it's, but it is all the knuckles. Right. I mean, there's two main things that I would worry about here. Uh, the, the number one thing to worry about, I think, is, is what you've already been tested for, which is r rheumatoid arthritis. Rheumatoid arthritis is just actually one, one subtype of a larger class of problems that are just kind of called an inflammatory or autoimmune uh, uh, diseases that, uh, that can affect kind of all of your joints at the same time. And there's actually a, a whole battery of blood tests for those. So the rheumatoid test is actually just one of, I think, a group of about 10 tests that are blood tests that, that you, you probably should have done in this situation. Okay. Um, so there's the rheumatoid. There's also one called the um, anti-nuclear antibodies, the ANA. There's another one called the um, anti-CCP. There's a, there's a bunch of them is what I'm trying to say. Um, so that's okay. one thing you should do. And the second thing is what this could be. That's way less of a problem than rheumatoid arthritis. Is it okay? So you have to bear with me for a second here. When you yeah. just look at your hand, when you, mm -hmm. when you bend your fingers, the muscle that bends your fingers is way up in your forearm. It's, it's like almost, almost uh -huh. all the way to your elbow. And yeah. then it's got this long, these long tendons because there's not that many muscles in your hand. There's not much bulk of muscle in your hand. Instead, your hand is kind of this fine manipulator where the tendons that work it are often connected to muscles in your forearm. So they have these long, skinny tendons. To route those tendons into the correct places, there's all these little pulleys. And a pulley, this is kind of like, you know, if you, if you can imagine, if you had like ropes connected to a bunch of things that you wanted to pull and each of them had to go around little pulleys so they didn't interact with each other. And so I went the right place. That's just the same. That's true of your hand. Your hand is actually this very complicated machine with all these little tendons like ropes and these little pulleys to direct them in the right place. Those, the interaction between those tendons and pulleys can create this, in, this inflammatory thing. It's called a trigger finger that will, will feel like it's swollen and it'll feel like you can't get your fingers all the way shut. And it can even develop little nodules where the, where the fingers will pop and catch. 
as if there's a little nodule where the tendon tries to pull with a little nodule through that little pulley. That's, that's actually a pretty easy diagnosis to make by a, um, by a hand doctor. So if you go see a hand doctor, they'll look at it and they'll know immediately if that's what's going on because it's pretty easy to tell. It's, pretty, it's hard to tell over the radio, but in person, it's very easy to, easy to tell. Is it common that it could be in all the fingers like he's saying, though, Dr. Chalmers? It could definitely be in multiple fingers. I definitely see it in you know three, four fingers at the same time. Okay. It's not usually all the fingers. So that's the part that makes me worried about you know, a disease like rheumatoid arthritis. When I did that blood work, it was really early on. Where I was just starting to notice it, and I happened to be in there asking about something else anyway. But I don't know. I don't know if I need to redo those tests. But uh, yeah, it's just gotten significant. Well, yeah, I would just go in and say, you know, I, I, I think I need the full battery of, of those tests to try and see, make figure out what's going on with my hand because there are there are very effective treatments. Okay. Eric, good luck on that, and I really appreciate your call. I, I hope that you're able to get to the bottom of that. It sounds absolutely miserable, but thank you so much for giving us a call, and, and hopefully you know, you're know, you able to find the hand specialist. Uh, I gave you a website where you can find all the different specialists. That's sportsmed.uofuhealth.org, and you can find a health specialist or sorry, a hand specialist at that website. That's sportsmed.uviewhealth.org. And you know, whether it's the trigger finger or it's the arthritis, it sounds like it's something that can that can be cleaned up. You're listening to Doc Talk with Dr. Peter Chalmers. Uh, Dr. Chalmers, you ready to jump back out to the phone lines? Let's do it. Linda, you are up next with Dr. Chalmers. Go ahead, Linda. Yes, last September, October, I worked with a physical therapist for about six weeks. She wanted to strengthen my legs, so she had me doing a lot of um, different exercises. But after I stopped working with her, when I got out of bed in the morning, anywhere from my arch, it really hurt to step, to walk, and up around my ankle, the ankle bone on the inside, it's all swollen and really painful there, and it hurts up my leg. Um, I had my doctor look at it. He says there was several different things there. He couldn't tell quite what. He did give me a pain cream uh, with... um, an anti-inflammatory, D-I-C-L-O-F-E-N-A-C, sodium gel, and that seems to help. Um, What do I do, and um, what do you think is wrong? Um, Well, I'm sorry to hear uh, that you're hurting. That's... uh... I, I I really am sorry to hear that. I um, it's hard to tell over the phone with with swelling in the ankle and difficulty walking and pain in your foot. There's a couple of things that I primarily worry about. One of the thing it could think one thing it could be would be something called the fallen arch. Have you ever heard about that before? Yes. So that's a um, that's basically a a, a, a tendon rupture in your in your foot that can lead to secondary pressure on your ankle 
um, and can definitely cause problems with walking. It's, it's really well treated with a brace, actually. Often a brace will, will be extremely effective for this. It doesn't, often it doesn't require a surgery to fix. It depends a little bit on how bad it is. Um, it definitely sounds like something you should see. A, the, first, the first thing I would do is I would consider getting a, a lace-up ankle brace, sometimes called an Arizona brace. Okay. And it's a brace. It's it's kind of like it has you know it's just a slightly thicker than a sock. You could put it put it around your ankle and then you kind of lace it up so that it compresses the ankle and supports it. It's almost like having like a hiking boot top, but it's thinner and it it fits within more regular shoes. Um, I would try that and see see if you can get some relief that way and some more stability in your kind of foot and ankle. And if that didn't work, then I would go see a foot and ankle doctor and see if they can take a look and see if I'm right. I will do that. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Best Lin of luck. Linda, thanks for the call. So a, a fallen arch, you feel like Dr. Chalmers, that the, the kind of the symptoms sound like potential fallen arch? It sounds like the later stages of that, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, Linda, good luck on that. And uh, hopefully we can get you out of pain and, and moving forward. She shouldn't have to suffer in that pain, right, Dr. Chalmers? Oh, no. I, I feel bad for her that she's suffering. All right. Let's take a quick break, and we'll come back. We'll wrap things up with uh, Dr. Chalmers here on Doc Doc, 97.5, of The Zone. You're listening to Doc Talk, presented by University of Utah Health on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Keep it locked right here for the Movie Zone coming up next on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Austin Orton and Johnny Lightfoot are going to take you through what we're going to see as theaters now open up tonight. So I'm excited about this. Uh, again, it's the Movie Zone theaters opening up, the Larry H. Miller Megaplex. They're going to be open and available. You can get that tub of popcorn, slink down in your seat, and enjoy a great flick and They'll talk about what's coming up. Dr. Chalmers, thank you so much for your participation today. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me. You're always great. That's Dr. Peter Chalmers. This is Doc Talk, brought to you by University of Utah Health. Get out, take advantage of those great clinics, and make sure you're checking out the great physicians at University of Utah Health. We'll get Dr. Chalmers back on Doc Talk soon. In the meantime, stay tuned for the Movie Zone.